January 6th, 2016, I had my last conversation with my dad. He had been in the rehab hospital for a couple weeks. He'd been there for some time, and they'd moved him to the hospital there in Wichita Falls. He'd been there a few days. And on this particular morning, about 11 o'clock, my sister and I were standing by his bed. That morning, he'd gotten out of bed, and he sat in a chair, and he ate his breakfast. Uh, my brother was, was making the drive from work in Oklahoma, and on that particular morning, he said to my sister, Tara, he said, Tara, I want to go home. I want to I wanna get out of here. I want to go home. And my sister explained to him all the reasons he, he couldn't go home. You're on, you're on this pain medicine. They're not able to give you this much medicine if you're at home and you have a, have a catheter and you haven't been released. And you, Dad, you just can't go home. And he said he didn't, he didn't care about any of that. If you knew him, he was kind of hard-headed. He said he didn't, he didn't care about any of that. He wanted to go home. And she said, Dad, you cannot go home. You can't go home today. He looked over at me and a lot more forcefully he said, Toby, take me home. Take me home. And, and I'm ready to go. This isn't helping anymore. I'm not, I'm not gaining anything by being here anymore. This isn't helping. Take me home. And I said the same thing, Dad. You can't go home today. Uh, you're not able to go home. And, and at that point, he looked back over at my sister and he said, I, I don't see why. Don't see why I can't go home. Just want to go home. And, and she explained, Dad, you can't go home. I remember at that point, uh, there was a moment when he heard that, Dad, you just, you just can't go home. And he nodded and he relaxed and he sat back and he said, okay. A little bit later, the decision was made to transfer him to hospice care. They were gonna bring him here to the hospital here. He was gonna be in hospice care here in the, in the Vernon Hospital. Uh, they put him in the ambulance and they started the drive uh, to Vernon and a little afternoon, right around Electra, he passed away. And on the authority of God's word, and by the grace of a living God, and in the kind provision of our Savior Jesus Christ, he went home. And so what about heaven? What about heaven today? What is, what is heaven like? Who is there in heaven? Who will be there in heaven? What are, they, what are they doing in heaven? Do you ever think about that? What will we do in heaven? What will it look like? What will, what will we look like? What, what about heaven? What's the purpose of heaven? Why heaven? Maybe one of the greatest subjects that we ponder as people. What about heaven? heaven. Well, today I am beyond excited as we start a brand new sermon series today entitled Blessed Assurance, the Biblical Promise of Heaven. And I'm very excited today as we, as we begin this series, Blessed Assurance, the Biblical Promise of Heaven. And we're going to take five, six or seven weeks and we're going to have an in-depth look at the subject of heaven. Now, let me just tell you, I would encourage you to be here. I wouldn't miss one of these. I would encourage you to be here. I would encourage you to ask somebody to join you. Let me tell you, a lot of your friends, a lot of your neighbors are wondering about this subject of heaven. I believe all people are wondering about heaven. Find somebody, invite them to join you during this series. And then I would ask for your prayer 
during this effort. Pray that God uses it, that he is known through it, that folks are saved through it. You pray for this effort as we study about heaven. Today, our message is entitled, Living in Light of Heaven. Living in Light of Heaven. Next week, our message is entitled, The Greatest Thing About Heaven. And I'm already excited about next week's message, The Greatest Thing About Heaven. Today, our verses are found in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Again, living in light of heaven. I'm going to ask if you would, if you would stand with me in the, the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's word. Colossians chapter 3, beginning here in the first verse. And as we start, God's word says this. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I'm thankful for my Savior, Jesus. I'm thankful for eternal life that we have through Jesus, through his work on the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful for the blessed assurance that we have, a hope in heaven with our Savior. I come today and I'm thankful for the truth of your word and I pray as we begin this sermon series, I pray that you would speak. I pray that you would draw those that need to hear. I pray that you would be greatly glorified through it. I pray we'd be faithful to your cause, faithful to your word, faithful to your name. Lord, I pray for the folks in this room today. I pray that on this day that you would supernaturally speak to us. I, I pray that you would direct our hearts today, that you would shape our hearts today. I pray the end result is that Christians and the encouragement of your word would spring up with a new motivation. I pray for some in this room that I believe are lost some that do not know Jesus Christ. I pray that in this hour, in this day, in the preaching of the gospel, that today might be the day of their salvation. Lord, work in their hearts. And we just come and we trust this to you. Thankful for the opportunity, we trust it to you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So we start today, I want to lay out the framework for our study. Again, it's going to be six or seven weeks. I haven't determined the exact length of it yet. Again, six or seven weeks that we're going to spend looking at the subject of heaven. On that last Sunday, on that last Sunday night, you're going to have the opportunity to come back and ask any question that wasn't covered in the messages. And so on that night, we'll come back, we'll have a great time, and you'll be able to ask any questions that were not covered, were not answered in the sermon series. We'll find the biblical answer as best we can to those questions. And so today, as we begin our study, we're gonna lay out the framework. Here is the framework for our study, really the guidepost. Now, I could have gone and found many of these, and there's a lot of things that we want to set into place, but I really focused on three guideposts for the framework of our study. There are three of those, and the, and the first one is this. First one is this. You will die. You will die. 
That already doesn't sound like a very encouraging sermon series, but that is the truth. You, you will die. You will absolutely die. I went, and in preparation for this message, I went and got all the latest numbers, all the latest statistics, and as of midnight last night, as of midnight yesterday, the death rate in the United States of America, in fact, it is the same as in all the rest of the world, is still 100%. Listen, unless Jesus comes back, you will die. Look at your neighbor and just shake your head and tell him, I'm sorry. You will die. You will die. That's the first guidepost. Listen, barring Jesus coming again, you will die. Second guidepost is this. There are two eternal destinations. There are two eternal destinations. There is hell, and it is real. Pope Francis is wrong on this. It is literal. It is punitive. It does not end. It is terrible. It is unbearable. It is real. There is hell. Second, there is heaven. There is heaven, and it also is real. It also is literal. It is unimaginably, as we're going to see, awesome, un, un, inconceivably awesome. And it also is eternal. And so the first two guideposts are this. You will die. The second is this. There are two eternal destinations, either hell or heaven. You will die, and there are two eternal destinations, hell or heaven. For our study, the third guidepost is this. The Bible is our source of information on both. For what we learn of heaven, it's gonna come from God's word in the Bible. Let me just, let me just say this this morning. There is much, much, much misinformation on heaven Today, there are all sorts of things that are, that are promoted as truth about heaven today. There are all sorts of things that are accepted as truth about heaven today. There is much misinformation, and I mean a groundswell of it, there is much misinformation on heaven today. Well, in this area, as in all areas, God's word is our authority. Understand this morning, the only reliable source, the only true source that we have is God's word. And so we're not gonna wonder what other people have done, what other people have experienced. We're not gonna worry about dreams or visions or, or books that people have written. We're gonna see what God has said in his word about heaven. And with that set, that brings us to our start today. You will die. There are two eternal destinations, hell and heaven. And the truth of what we're gonna find out is gonna come from God's word. With that framework set, we're gonna to begin today. The starting question of the sermon series is this. Why worry about it? Why, why talk about it? Why worry about heaven. Why worry if the information that we have is right? Doesn't it really not matter? Does it, it doesn't affect it anyway. Why, why worry about heaven? Why spend this time talking about and thinking about heaven? 
And that brings us to the starting truth today. And that is this. Listen very carefully. As Christians, we live in light of heaven. I want to say that again. Listen very carefully. That's very important. As Christians, we live in light of heaven. As we go through life, living as Christ has called us to live until we die or until Jesus comes again, as believers in Christ, we live in light of heaven. And so that is why we worry about it. That is why it matters if we get it correct or not. Listen, our lives as Christians are shaped by our view of heaven. As Christians, our lives that we're leading now, those lives are shaped by our view of heaven. Today we're gonna see that unfolded in our verses this morning. Here in Colossians chapter three, today we're gonna see three truths to support this fact. Our lives are shaped by our view of heaven. We live in light of the truth of heaven. We're gonna see three truths to support this fact. We're gonna look at each of these individually. The first is this. We live in light of heaven because Christians have a heavenly motivation. Christians have a heavenly motivation. We live in light of heaven because as Christians, we have a heavenly motivation. Let's begin by looking at verse one. I'm gonna just work my way through it as, as we break it down. It starts off, verse one starts off and it says this. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ... Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ. Now, understand this morning as we begin, this is talking about believers. This is talking about Christians. Galatians chapter two, verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. We have died in Christ, with Christ, and we are raised up with Christ. This is talking about believers. It means this, if you are saved, if you have been raised up with Christ, it continues on. If you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now what it means is this, if you are saved, now it's a big word, it's a big understanding, keep seeking. If you're actually saved, Keep seeking. If you've been saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, keep seeking. The Greek verb tense here is continual. It is an ongoing thing. It is a continual thing. The word means to search for, to desire. It literally translates to demand. There's a heavy sense here, to search for it, to demand it. The, the New International Version translated, set your heart on. Fix your heart, set your heart on. If you are saved, search for, demand, set your heart on the things above where Christ is. Now understand, this is talking about the, the heavenly realms. This is talking about that which is eternal. See this, listen. Our motivation as Christians is the eternal. 
And what is eternal is life with God. It is heaven. Our motivation is not to strive for things that are temporary. Listen to this. Our motivation is not to strive for things that do not last, but rather for what is eternal. That is why knowing the truth of heaven absolutely matters. That is why we preach the truth of heaven and really the the truth of hell as well. Those things are absolutely vital. Friends, as Christians, listen to me, it is our motivation to lead as many people off of the broad road that leads to hell and into the kingdom of heaven by faith in Jesus Christ as possible. That is our motivation. That's why we live. Our goal is to lead as many people who are walking on the broad path headed for eternal destruction in hell and to turn them around and point them to our Savior Jesus that they might be saved. Heaven, the eternal, that is our motivation. These things are gonna pass away. We have an eternal motivation. John 17 Jesus says, as the Father sent him, so he sends us. You wonder what your motivation is? There's what Jesus says to us. Matthew chapter 28 says, go, go ye therefore into all nations, teaching them. Go therefore and teach all nations. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, and you shall be my witnesses. If you've been raised up with Christ, if you're actually saved, you shall be my witnesses. 2 Corinthians chapter five says, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. Friends, listen to me. If there is no hell, if there is no heaven, if these are just states of mind or, or something else, we have no reason to preach today. In fact, we really have no reason to live today. But you hear me, there is a heaven and there is a throne there in heaven and seated in glory on that throne is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And as long as we have breath in our lungs, let us lead many sinners home. That is our motivation as Christians. Let me just tell you, I'm not comfortable leaving anybody behind. Not my friends, not any of them. Not my neighbors, no, not any of them, not anyone. Think about the song, when we all get to heaven, do you see the glory of it? When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that shall be. When we all, when we all see Jesus, we'll sing and shout the victory. God forbid, God help us that not any will be left behind. That is our motivation It is eternal. Second thing, we live in light of heaven because Christians have a heavenly contemplation. We have a heavenly motivation. We also have a heavenly contemplation. Now listen to verses two and three and I'll explain it. Set your mind on the things above not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, you've died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's what Galatians 2.20 said as well. Set your mind on things above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. We live in light of heaven because Christians have a heavenly contemplation. Now hear this, it's pretty good. 
if we are to reach the world, we first must leave the world. Did you hear that? If we are to actually reach the world, we first must leave the world. As Christ followers, we have a heavenly motivation, but it requires a heavenly contemplation. The words here, set your mind, now it just makes sense, set your mind actually means think. Think, it's talking about our minds. It's talking about our thoughts. It's talking about our inner disposition. Think about, put your mind on your inner disposition. Think about the things of heaven. Think about the things in the heavenly realm. Think about those things that are eternal. In heaven, and praise God, in heaven, there is no gossip. In heaven, there is no slander. In heaven, there's no evil pride. In heaven, there's no, no one-upmanship. Oh, look what I do and I'll one-up you. That's not in heaven. In heaven, there's no revenge. There's no unforgiveness in heaven. There's no, no vile, self-serving sin. There's no jealousy. There's no filth in heaven. But there is love. There is praise for the one true God, for our Savior, for our Creator. There is fellowship. There is unity. There's, praise God, the absence of sin. And so if we're saved, listen to me, we're not in heaven yet, but today we set our minds, we fix our thoughts, we put our eyes on the things of heaven. Why does it matter if we know about heaven? Why does it matter if what we know about heaven is biblically correct? Because that's where we're gonna fix our minds. That's where we're gonna place our thoughts. The Bible says, not on the things of earth. Set your eyes on the things in heaven where Jesus is, not on the things of earth. How much of our time, how many of our thoughts, how much of our energy is spent on the temporary things of earth? Think about that. How much of our time, how much of our thoughts, how much of our energy is spent on the sorry things of this world, things that do not matter, things that are not gonna last. Think about that for yourself today. Think about what you did yesterday. Think about your last week. Think about this last year. How much time do we focus on the things of this world, things that are just gonna pass away, things that are temporary? How much time have we wasted You'll notice a lot of things change when you're raising kids. You thought you were smart. I thought I was smart. You thought you knew what was important. You thought you knew what truly mattered. And all of a sudden, you're, you're raising kids. And a whole lot of things change when you're raising kids. Your priorities change when all of a sudden you find yourself and you're raising kids. Your focus changes when you've got these kids around you. I used to worry about the necessary things that I would need to put into my kids. 
And I, I know I've got them for a limited time and I know 18 or so years and they're gonna be gone and, and the world tells me this has to be put in and this has to be put in and they're gonna need this thing over the course of their life and I used to worry about all of the necessary things that I wanna be sure and to put into my kids in these years and I wanna, I wanna think about football and oh, I want my two sons to be able to play football the way I did and I think about all the sports and they're gonna need to know these things about these sports and then all these things that they're gonna need for success and they're gonna for sure need the right education and hopefully they're gonna be trained and have all these things that they're gonna get great jobs and they're gonna have a financial future built somewhere and then there's these good experiences. Oh, I don't wanna miss them to have to miss out on any of these good experiences and the other kids have all done that and good parents are all including this and I don't want them to miss these good experiences and listen to me, that's fine but you know, there will be a day when Sarah Joe, Sarah baby, and Kel Lee, the racer, and Will, WT, when they'll see their pawpaw again. And I don't think on that day, listen to me, I don't think on that day that he's gonna say, tell me how far you could throw a ball, son. I don't think he's gonna say, tell me, did you ever win the state championship? I don't think he's gonna say any of those things. I think he's gonna run and he's gonna scoop up his grandkids and he's gonna say, there's Jesus, there's Jesus, our Savior, our hope, and he's here, there's Jesus. I want my kids to be citizens of heaven. And I want them to live like it now. The rest of that will take care of itself. As Christians, we live in light of heaven because Christians have a heavenly motivation. As Christians, we live in light of heaven because Christians have a heavenly contemplation. And that brings us to the last thing. As Christians, we live in light of heaven because Christians have a heavenly destination. Verse four. Every word of verse four is very important. When Christ, when Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you, you also will be revealed with him in glory. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. When Christ, who is our life, he gives life, he also is our life. Listen to me, if you're saved, if you've been raised up with Jesus, Jesus is your life. He is your life. He's not a part of your life. He's not a compartment of your life. He's not something that you can focus on part of the time. If you are saved, if you've been raised up with Jesus, Jesus is your life. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed. Now stay with me. It's gonna get awesome. It's talking about here the second coming. It's not talking about the rapture. It's talking about the second coming. When Jesus comes from heaven in glory, when he is revealed in his glory, you, the Bible says, will be revealed with him in glory. Now listen to some verses. Revelation chapter 19, listen to the verses, just listen. Revelation chapter 19, verses seven and eight say this. 
Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Now listen to that again. Let us rejoice and be glad and give glory to him for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was given to her to clothe herself in fine linen, bright and clean, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. There it is talking about the bride of the lamb, the lamb's bride. It is talking about believers. It is talking about Christians. It is talking about us as Christians. Now notice what they're wearing there. They're wearing fine linen, bright and clean. Now listen as I jump down and start to read again in verse 11. And I saw heaven opened, coming out of heaven. And I saw heaven opened. And behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire, and on his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Listen to verse 14. And the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen, do you hear it? Clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. That's talking about believers, that's the bride of the lamb. And the armies which are in heaven clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were following him on white horses. From his mouth comes a sharp sword, so that with it he may strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And he treads the winepress of the fierce wrath of God the Almighty. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Folks, see the picture here. We live as Christians in light of heaven. We live with a new heavenly motivation. We go through life with a new heavenly contemplation because on the day that he comes and his glory is fully known, we get to participate in his glory. We get to add to his glory. And every soul redeemed by the drops of his blood that was spilt, every life that was held back in the mercy of his suffering, every person made new in the power of his resurrection will follow in white robes, robes of his righteousness and riding on a sea of majestic white horses, saved sinners will follow and they will testify to the truth Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. How awesome is that? Jesus comes with the ransomed in glory and each one of them points to the testimony. He is the King and the Lord. So why does it matter if we get heaven right? It's because we live in light of heaven. As Christians, we live in light of heaven. As we start the sermon series, here's a question. Are you? Are we? 
As Christians, are we living in light of heaven? Are we worried about that's etern- what's eternal? Are we spending our time on things that are just gonna pass away? Have we fixed our mind on the things above, the things that, that glorify God? Are we worried about the, the, the ridiculous things down here? Are you living in light of heaven? Are you saved? Has there been a day that you put your faith in Jesus Christ? You see, that's the starting place. Are you saved? Maybe you come and you hear this sermon and you think, you know, I've heard this a million times. Are you saved? Has there been a day that you understood your sin has, has cost you a penalty and Jesus paid it? Has there been a day that you understand you're stuck, condemned in your sin, you have no hope of salvation, but Jesus remedied that? Are you saved? If not, settle that today. If you are saved, do you have a new motivation? Or is it the same motivation as the rest of the world? Do you have a new contemplation? Is your mind set somewhere else? Or is it on the same things as the rest of the world? As Christians, we live in light of heaven. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and I am thankful for the grace and the mercy and the sacrifice and the provision that you made for sinful people. A relationship restored with the Holy God, unspeakable. A future that's not wrecked and ruined and ended. A future that's restored because of Christ and eternity in your presence. Lord, I pray that you would teach us. I pray that your word would instruct us. I pray that we would grow in our love for you, grow in our motivation to tell others. Our minds would be changed and set on things above. Lord, I pray for some in this room that maybe today have not put their faith in Christ. Maybe they're wrestling with it right now. I pray that whatever needs to be removed, their pride, whatever's hindering them would be removed, and I pray that today they would settle it put their faith in Jesus for their salvation. Pray for us here that are believers. Pray that we would would be changed, truly changed in in this truth, that we would live truly in light of heaven. Maybe we need to remind ourselves of that. And I pray in all of that that the Prince of glory, the King of heaven and earth, Jesus, is greatly glorified. We love you. We exalt you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.